Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 176, episode four? Nah, it's episode five oh. of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. Yeah. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Friday, March 19th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Yeah, coal gas makes my food all stinky. That's not the <laughs> point now. And coal gas gets it on my wallpaper. You missed the point now. And coal gas cooks my roast uneven. Still not the point now. Second degree suicide prevention. That's why it's bad now. Did it beep? Did it beep? But up, bop, beep, but up, but up, but up, but up. Courtesy of Adam Strusel. Uh, and I'm thrilled he's to be. Scattered it out. Just yeah, I, he stuck it on. He stuck it on there, baby. He put it on there. Beep, but up, but up, but up, but up, up. I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I'm a joker. I'm a toker from my PS controller. I speak of the incompetence of Gov. Yeah. Hey. That's what I do. I'm angry. I smoke weed and I throw PlayStation controllers in the government. <laughs> facts. That's all there. Thanks, Steve Miller. Uh, more importantly, thanks, Johnny Davis, for the Discord lob there for the AKA. <laughs> throw it down. Yes. Did you throw down Ali Oops in, uh, in NBA Jam? I feel like that was missing in the version that I played. Yeah, I don't know. I think NBA Streets. You throw him down. <laughs> I was like, is it? Is that this how is you me, would uh... frame an alley oop? <laughs> you throw it down. Well, you you toss it up and then you throw it down, uh, you Jamie. Down. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, no, yeah, you could because there was. Yes, you totally could. You could. Oh, okay, yeah. man, I feel like such a fool. Uh, well, we are Thanks. thrilled to be joined in our third seat. By the very first face on Mount Zeitmore, the hilarious, the brilliant, the talented, the incomparable, Jamie Loftus! On the daily Zeit, we'll shine some light on what's going on today. We've got lots of discussions on fascists and COVID. Let's share what they have to say. The news is really effing sad. Let's talk about it with my podcast, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Max Reinhold. That oh, was that's oh, beautiful. That's a fun inside one. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. That was I feel like honored that uh we got that. That's that's beautiful. Powerful crossover energy yes. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh yeah. Jamie, how are you doing? Uh you know, uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's perfect. Uh, that's perfect. an option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. a real raspberry. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's you know, it is what it is. Every time, every time you think that things are looking up, then all of a sudden, guess what? Something terrible happens, and it's not. Um, just when you mm-hmm. think you're out, just mm-hmm. when well, you're you right think back you're in. Out. So you're doing, you're doing, and not. Uh, but he beep. <laughs> I'm 
been trying to get to I've been trying to get to the scat level. But every that's when time I'll be you worried. feel like you're Yeah, if I'm scatting, I think that's How like my right. That's my equivalent of like playing the fiddle as the world burns is right. I'm just gonna scat as it all falls so down. Like, how do I feel? Actually, grab that upright bass behind me. <laughs> hey with all the she dogs. Hey with all the she dogs. <gasps> and you start doing the Kim Cattrall. <laughs> The town never knew such a hell of a Hullabaloo. <laughs> I sometimes worry that like not enough people have seen that uh, clip. I agree. Yes. yes. So purifying. If you don't know what Miles was just interpreting there, you, you need to Google Kim Cattrall uh, scat. scat and that'll do it. Yeah. Yep. And the context of her desperately trying to make her marriage to a jazz bassist work, like yes. in the context of that, it just there's there's, so there's many just layers. so much so pathos levels. Yes. It's oh, more than I just her it. scatting, you know? Like when <laughs> yeah. you really zoom oh, yeah, out, yeah. you're like, where is she at? Her? Okay, so she probably has a lot of money at this point. Right. And then mm-hmm. this is how she's passing the time and like this <laughs> weird like New York Times of a wedding, like marriage that she's in. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, it sounds like an algorithm came up with it. You're just right. like, oh god, so bleak. But the scatting, pretty shitty. Oh. So. The last time, <laughs> the, really, I mean, the town did never like they have the, the town hasn't heard of such a hullabaloo yeah. since. That's I mean, people never people knew. have been saying. Yeah, the scatting's worse than a poo. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Kim Cattrall and poo, I with the last time I tweeted about. Kim Cattrall scatting, which was not too long ago. Someone said that there was like a story about Kim Cattrall pooping on the side of the sidewalk once, like just when she was out. Like just a, a sort that of feels like over the this. I feel like she just kind of, I don't know. I think she was just like, it can't wait. That I'm almost going. feels like someone heard a reference to Kim Cattrall scatting and just interpreted it that way. And that's right, how right. it came into the universe. <laughs> but that's, that's amazing. Let's, let's dig into that. Not literally. I hope it's true. I hope it's true. Yeah. If, Put if our gloves the, on and dig in. The <laughs> gang fact checkers can go out there. Uh, lo- love to hear hear details. Uh, not details. That makes me sound very weird. All right, Jamie, we're going to get to know you a little. Like, what was it like? Like, just in terms of consistency. <laughs> what was, like, consistency-wise? <laughs> like, what are we talking? Like, Play-Doh? Like, soft Play-Doh? Hard Play-Doh that's, like, kind of dried up? And you're like, uh-oh, can't play with this anymore. <laughs> Uh, the worst. Let me in, man. Let me in. Let me in. Such a sad moment when you find the Play-Doh that's been left out overnight, and it's just over. It's over Ugh. for that Play-Doh. I hated Play-Doh. It made my hands smell weird. <laughs> Always. Uh, all right, yeah. Jamie, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. Woo! So that uh, that sheriff the bad day sheriff uh who who's like he had a bad day and this is what happened is, come on man i'm it's like the end of american idol when someone gets kicked off man you had a bad right. day yeah uh, <laughs> you guys know this trope it's part of our culture yes we found out a little bit more about him uh also about the sheriff uh who he works with who described the shooter as lashing out like a frustrated parent talking about a toddler mm-hmm. we'll talk about just the general combination of white supremacy, toxic masculinity uh, that the response has kind of uh, revealed, highlighted, uh, and also just a trend uh, connecting it to church culture. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the man who was arrested 
out of the VP residence with uh, guns and ammo. Uh, we'll talk about COVID cases on the rise again in certain states. Uh, we will say uh, officially, fuck Autism Speaks. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. there, we, there's been uh, yet again another another week, another ad network issue where ads from a um, hateful group Start appearing on our show. Absolutely fucking vile, yeah. Um, So we're working on getting to the bottom of how this keeps happening. But for the time being, uh, we will talk about uh, why Autism Speaks is terrible. Can do one. Yeah, can go (laughs) do one. Uh, We'll talk about uh, right-wing media's response to uh, a gay Captain America. Uh, We'll talk about... I already uh, know. Just, just the yeah. words, Jack. Just the yeah. words, Jack. Gay Captain America. What's next? Uh, what's next is the sentence that comes <laughs> yeah. right after that. That's always uh, the pivot. What's next? Yeah. What's next, <laughs> huh? Uh, uh, I'm going to have to start having sex with a with an alpaca. I feel like that's what's next. Kim Cattrall taking a little poo-poo on the side of the road. <laughs> and I have that's to go play leads. with it? With gotta go like mash around in it without uh, gloves. <laughs> oh, what's next? Honestly, what's next? Honestly, I gotta like that. Guys. What's oh, next? God. I gotta start a website where I stream my activities. What's next? <laughs> Check me out at Scatology. Anyway, forget it. What's next? What's next? What's next? Uh, they love telling on themselves. No, yummy. What's next? We love it, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is next? Oh, I like it. Bring Ooh, it on. What's what next? is next? <laughs> <laughs> What is it? <laughs> what is it though? What is next? <laughs> Same sex marriage? Yay! What's next? <laughs> uh, before we get to any of that, Jamie, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Um, okay, so Kim Cattrall scouting was on the list. Uh, <laughs> also on the list was Final Destination Composer. Because there was this, uh, it, it was a clip that I was looking for that I vaguely remembered from a Final Destination DVD. Didn't remember which DVD, but I was able to find it. There's this really great, I think that she composed most of the Final Destination soundtracks. And I was really into those movies growing up because they were just so nasty. This is oh, yeah. Final Destination 3, a.k.a. The Tanning Booth 1. But it's uh, it's the Final Destination composer describing her process. And I think they're like setting her up to like really be like, so, you know, being a musician is really hard. But what she does is she has this like little like grosso meter. And she's like, so when I'm writing for Final Destination 3, there's like, you, you, I, there's a point where I say, it's a little gross. It's really gross. Or it's like <laughs> someone's on fire and they're dying gross. And I just kind of figure out like if it's level one, two or three. And oh. that's how I write all the music. And she has this little like hand drawn grossometer that has like hand drawn blood <laughs> dripping on it. And she's like, and that's really all, my whole process. And uh, I, and it works. And I was like, holy shit. It, it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. It, it holds up. I will. I'll send the clip because I like pulled it so that for posterity she was so straightforward I, I i i appreciate that she's like it's not hard i just like <laughs> that also demystify something like right. the composition of a film score where i think yeah. most people like if you're not a musician you're like i don't even know how what these people fucking do they sit down right. and start writing notes on a fucking page like what the fuck how is it mm-hmm. and then 
But if you're a musician, like you understand the process a little bit more. And then for me as a musician to hear her just be like, nah, it's real simple, man. Like <laughs> it's there's three vibe levels <laughs> and that sort of determines where I go with it. Like, yes, she, simple. Perfect. She's so good. Her name is Shirley Walker and she died shortly after the Final Destination 3 came out. She was like she set the tone for Final Destination, and then she arrived at her Final Destination, I assume peacefully and not like a Final Destination right. movie. Um, but like she, uh, it made me laugh. Well, she was driving behind a, a tractor trailer that was carrying a bunch of like logs, right? <laughs> and rebar, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as peacefully yeah. as one can And go, then a yeah. thumbtrack, a thumbtack truck crashed <laughs> on the road up ahead of them anyway. Ugh. No, she I'm died as she lived. No, yeah. she, was, she was like... <laughs> I, so then I like this I is a level going, three on the gross <laughs> her own system she did but she did so many and then I like went down a Shirley Walker hole I'm like this lady was so goddamn cool she did like the score for like Escape from LA and True Lies and like all these fun movies and wow. she was like one of the first prominent female film composers and she worked on a grossometer system I love her that's amazing. I lo I love that especially like I would like to view that next to another like a director's commentary from those films who's like being real pretentious and being like, <laughs> "Well, you see what?" <laughs> She's just like, "No, nah, it's a uh, it's final destination." Whoa, she was the music director for Batman the animated series. Yeah, yeah. like That's she's goat. cool. Okay. Yo, her I'm sorry, her death is tragic as fuck. Oh, it's, I mean, it was before it. too. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like she, she like passed away like eight months right after her husband passed away. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. Anyway, Ugh. rest in power, though. Oh, and she won. She won an Emmy for Batman the Animated Series. She's really cool. I don't know. I feel like there's all these like stories like this of like pioneers in fields that no one ever talks about, and then whenever you stumble across it, it's always hey. the coolest story of all time. One hundred percent. I'm like, she's working. Fuck, it worked with Danny Elfman, and then that's when she based the Batman, all the, what the, ah, this is good. She's awesome. And so I'll I'll post that clip of her explaining her grossometer composition system, because it's great. We will put that in the footnotes. footnotes. Uh, I respect Final Destination, the Final Destination film franchise, like the same way that you respect like a children's book author that just like taps into the mind of a four-year-old because like if you had given me like limitless time to write a movie when I was 11 years old it <laughs> like I would have come up with the final destination like best case scenario I would have come up with the final <laughs> destination movies what if fortune cookies were true yeah. <laughs> uh, they totally nailed exactly what i was looking for in movies when i was like oh yeah to this day i will not reach my hand into a sink like where there's a, a garbage in a compactor incinerator thing blender oh. you know what i mean incinerator uh yes. without thinking of final destination yeah it's no, ridiculous they... Final Destination 3 was, I think, the first Final Destination I saw, the one where everyone dies on the fucking roller coaster, and oh, it's right. Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the lead. Like, there's a bunch of people who ended up getting famous, but in this one, they're just beheaded on a roller coaster. It's so fucking- Like, right away. Gross. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's a level three. Amanda Crew is in Final Destination 3. Who would have known? Yeah. Yo, she's a fucking legend. 
she worked with everyone and based on how her credits are working i'm i'm going to presume she had a lot to do with a lot of these scores because whenever like you have hans zimmer or like these other people it's very collaborative i mean right. i mean early on a lot of them are doing a lot of composition but like at this level she was worked with danny elfman on dick tracy edward scissorhands oh well dude fucking hans zimmer on bird like, on I a wire i can hear most of these yeah <laughs> i can yeah Damn. It fucking worked up. This is this is what? A League of Their Own Toys Radio mm-hmm. Flyer with Hans Zimmer. Renaissance. But okay. You know what? Damn. Okay, Shirley, she, walk on. When she died, she had like what it what was it? At the time of her death, Shirley Walker had scored more major studio motion pictures than any other American woman. She's a badass. She's cool. Yeah. Wow. So that's a that was a fun way to learn about Shirley. Highly recommend going down the Shirley hole. Yeah, because like she's conducting like like when these some of these credits at the very least she was the conductor when they were recording these scores, conducting the orchestra or whatever. Man, mm-hmm. fucking backdraft. There- wow. <laughs> Wait, Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. She's a, ugh. and she only lived to be sixty one. Legend. Yeah. Legend. Legend. Yeah. Uh, DJ Justin just put in the chat a, a detail that I will not be able to <laughs> unknow is that his best friend's <gasps> parents' house had an automatic garbage disposal unit in their sink. No. That is. With a motion sensor? He, like, I think it must have. No. Like, sensed when there was food to chop up. But could you imagine if, like, the sensor was off a little yeah, bit? Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. That, that is, is unacceptable. Also, one more thing, <laughs> just so you know. Uh-huh. Fucking a Goofy movie. She what? did a Goofy movie? Yes, she conducted and orchestrated the score. Damn. She's, ugh, she's just, and she's, like, just a mom. She's like, listen, it's not hard to compose a Final Destination score. I'm Shirley Walker. Like, I do difficult things all the time. This is not one of them. I just love it. She's like, I did Edward Scissorhands, you fuckwit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm fucking around with Final Destination. Come on. This is a check to me, okay? Uh, Dude, arachnophobia. I love it. Child's Play 2. Where was it? Where was it, Shirley? She she really was the moment. She was the moment for decades. One of the tools that was created specifically for the scoring. Oh of my this film. god! This is the grossometer. <laughs> it's so good. I I had to pause it because you can't see the video. I'm just playing it for everybody. It is such. It is like a remarkable piece. Like back when you used to do like a book report project, and you had to do like <laughs> yeah. an accompanying like art piece with it. This grossometer is one of the greatest handmade things I've ever seen in my Fifth life. Fifth grade <laughs> science project. It's so good. But we thought that grossometer was far more elegant. Boobs sounding. and brains Captain is level Bob one. Fernandez, <laughs> yeah. producer, did the Boobs artwork for this. And we would uh, let the orchestra know what the grosso rating was. So this one was like at about a 60 as it was filmed. But I challenged the orchestra to bring it up with their performance to and a, at least an 80. And I think the performance, really, we were close to 100 on that. <laughs> so you. level Bless one you. is boobs and burns. Level right. two is dismemberment and wiggly guts. And level three is blood spatter and brain matter. <laughs> uh, so wow. Good. That's good. I Shirley! Needed that. I needed that. Shirley, bless up. 
I hadn't uh, even like <laughs> I guess that makes sense, but like burns would seem to be almost as bad as blood spatter, but no, I guess not. Like visceral when you're watching something happen. Right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, she she would know, I guess. Uh, she's a, she's yeah, she did final destinations 1 through 3. Wow. Jamie, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, uh, something overrated. This is just a really brutal cell phone. I'm going back to that Groupon dentist I went to two I years saw that ago. Tweet, fool. Jamie. What are you doing? The one the, that sneezed in your mouth? The one that I'm assuming they won't, they legally can't sneeze in my mouth anymore. That's sure. the gamble I'm taking. Is so like, <laughs> At least there's a they, mask. They got to be wearing a mask because I went in 2019. At, w- she should have been wearing a mask then. But now I'm like, she's definitely going to have to wear a mask. And they didn't do a terrible job dental wise. It was really just the sneezing in the mouth that was the problem. So I'm like, I'm going to give them a second chance and see if legally having to wear a mask and still accepting my Groupon, because I also had to do that thing where I created a new Groupon because you can't buy the same Groupon twice. So I had to make a new account and it. She's going to remember you. I, I, I'm like, maybe she remember, or or maybe she doesn't even work there anymore. I don't know. She's like, oh, another Groupon, huh? All right. I'm going to get okay. extra sneezy now. I mean, I want, I still wonder to this day, did she feel entitled to sneeze into my mouth due Was to the Groupon? <laughs> yeah. Like, this I don't is how know. how they discourage Groupons. But I like... really, uh, you know, once again, uh, need I need like a, a deep clean on my mm-hmm. teeth. That thing where they just took a jackhammer to your face. Yeah. And they'll do that with the Groupon, so I'm going yeah. back. There you yeah. go. But it's overrated. I shouldn't. I should I should have found a better yeah. option. But just a um, weird track record given, you know, the state of things you out know, there. But given, you know, to each their own. To each their own. I uh, I was kind of wondering, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I should mention that, like as a joke at the beginning of like, oh haha, the last time I came here someone sneezed on me. Oh yeah. And she, Deborah, she's yeah. the manager now. oh yeah she actually has been promoted and she owns the business it's a complimentary service we offer she'll be here also this this dental office always has appointments available which is the other reason okay that i'm we could take you now we're actually super bored uh we haven't seen anybody in (laughs) super bored we've just been looking at the sun all day sneezing (laughs) (laughs) nothing more sinister than a dentist saying they're bored like you're just like (laughs) Fuck well, someone up. Dent- dentists share some DNA with like vets who will, uh, you know, prescribe. They- there's a lot of gray area, a lot of interpretive uh, work in terms of like what, how much work they want to do and how. Really just uh, scatting. It's medical yeah. scatting. Yeah. It's medical yeah. scatting. They're just riffing. <laughs> uh, you know, we could. Uh, we could deep clean that for you. Could do a root canal. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. It's a mouth mechanic, basically. Yeah. <laughs> A mouth mechanic. You have your teeth rotated yet? My teeth rotated? Hey, what well, yeah, if we just flip that... these around? Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Bottom, Get you out of here in Bottom teeth on the top, top teeth on that? the bottom. Have yeah. you thought about that? Hey, Kim Kardashian had a it. A personal shopper. Like, I was thinking about a new look for you this year. Bottom on top. <laughs> flip them around. What do you think? Oh, yeah. man. Big bottom teeth, little top teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Big bottom, little top. It's yeah. just a spitball. <laughs> you know, big booties are in, big bottom teeth too, I feel. <laughs> you won't regret it. And if you don't like it, I'll just flip them back. Yeah. You're going to um, love eating corn. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, what's something that you think is underrated? 
Ooh, uh, one thing that is underrated is uh, buying door-to-door churros. I this was my first experience Where with there. This ended up being a bizarre situation, but like my landlord was having uh, some stuff dropped off at our apartment and was like, "Hey, someone's going to be dropping off some stuff," and I was like, "Okay, no problem." And then the guy got there and he was just like. He dropped off. It was like cleaning something. I don't know. It was some landlord shit. And then the guy was like, by the way, do you guys want churros? And I was like, what do you mean? And he, and, and then we were like talking to him for 10 minutes about his churro business. And he was like, you know, I'm trying to get to gluten free. I'm not quite a gluten free, but I am at dairy free. And like he just and then he was like, I could come back in 20 minutes with like a shitload of churros. And we we're like okay and then so so if you live in LA and you want these churros I'll plug them Come it's at hippie house. churros and hippie it, churros at hippie churros they're not gluten free yet but they are dairy free don't need and them and i i've been munching on them for a whole day and it was it was not how i expected that delivery for my landlord to go but i was it was the yeah. first human interaction i'd had in several days and it went so well because it, wow. it because then i got a bunch of delicious reasonably priced churros straight to my like door a, sounds like a, like a scene from how to with john wilson right he's like <laughs> yeah. explains like and then my landlord had someone drop stuff off and we talked <laughs> and it turns out he wanted to talk a lot about Churros. churros. So <laughs> I followed him to his churro factory, and they're pretty good. <laughs> and then the guy's like, "Yeah, I got him to almost. They're not gluten free, but they're dairy free." He's that was the fourth <laughs> time he said that in the in ten minutes. If it had been, I mean, it's like because it's like I do have time. If if it were safe, it would have been fun to invite him in and be like, "What's your story, man?" Yeah, because he, he was wearing like up? sunglasses that were like the shape of churros, <laughs> stars. Oh, <I> was <laughs> and, and mean, they had yellow lenses, and I was like. This this guy's yeah. a businessman. He's he's wheeling <laughs> and dealing. That's what like, that tells me. <laughs> guy's wearing heart, no, uh, star shaped sunglasses. I'm like, I better take this guy seriously. Yeah, and um, I I can vouch for the churros. They're delicious. I'm right. loving them. And what what kind of cut are you getting off of these uh, churro recommendations? Yeah. That I'm just I just love a local business, okay, and I okay. love an assertive person showing yeah. up. I feel like I would not have gotten to that point in the conversation. So I, <laughs> I really I want to figure out how to like have that John Wilson, Jamie Loftus, like finding out what's interesting about people. I would I would I just, just don't be slam so the door in people's shut- faces. <laughs> I would just be it's not that I, I'm not like mean. I'm just like so avoidant and like right. shut off that I would never be able to get to the point of him offering to sell me churros I think you just gotta say yes to life Jack yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's the what man it is. shows up in the star shaped sunglasses yeah. you say well, tell me more you say, <laughs> say less yes. to that man Oh, I I, and now I'm like does my landlord know him is it like I don't I, I wasn't clear on like that right. I don't the know it's like you didn't but, use churros did you I, yeah, if I contacted her and she was just like, oh, uh, you didn't eat those churros. <laughs> Don't. That's a, it's like the ring. It's like seven yeah. days to live. No, those are delicious. Yeah. Love it. Love At it. Hippie Churro, if you want 
some delicious groovy churros. That's how they advertise themselves. Delicious groovy churros. You're plugging this so hard. I feel like what you did was take a first bite in front of them that you didn't like. And you're like, oh. oh. Why? He's like, you like them, right? <laughs> These are good. Oh, no, no. He's like, you hate them, don't you? No, I love them. I'm going on a, po- I'm going on a podcast tomorrow, actually, where I'm going to tell people about how much I like. Yeah, you're fucking lying. No, I swear. Starman, Starman, Starman. It's okay. Star- Starman. Churbro, churbro. Starman, it sounds like a dream when we describe it now, but Starman <laughs> came to our door Starman and he had churros. all sorts of churros and we we bought them and they're so good. And just wow. like a fragile man, he collapsed when you didn't extol all the, the like, virtues oh of the churro to him. <laughs> you hate me! <laughs> Fuck! All right, I love it. Delicious. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk about fragile men. And we're back. So let's talk about we we referenced uh, the fact that uh, in the aftermath of the mass murder of Asian women in Georgia on Tuesday, the police were just very um, dying to humanize the the guy who committed the murder. Uh, yeah. Said he was having a bad day. Uh, said he just lashed out blamed his uh, problems on addiction. And so people just started doing a little little research on uh, the police who, who were who were uh, making these observations on, on the murderer's behalf. Research or just looked at their Facebook. Yep. Who is, what, what they, how did they get down on Facebook? And yep. Captain Jay Baker uh, was in like. Dude, March 30th of 2020, he was already out here like hawking China virus T-shirts because he said, oh, new design alert, announcing a new design, place your blah, blah, blah. It's like this COVID-19 and like a Corona beer font. And it says like it imported from China. So, yes, of course, this same police captain who's out here obscuring the actions of this, uh, you know, hateful uh, white supremacist. Yeah, he's out here doing the same thing, peddling more white supremacist propaganda nonsense, hate, hateful vitriolic T-shirts. Yeah, literally like, white supremacist merch. Like it's right. yeah, ugh. it's just wild because it's like that's how white supremacy is. It's just this, it's so systemic, so it always feels like a setup. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they kill out of hate, but then there's a white supremacist in a position of authority to then obscure what actually happened and because of their position of authority of saying like well you know i don't like i think he was having a bad day he said something about sex addiction and then in turn you have a complicit media who's complicit in white supremacy who then goes on their merry way to debate sex addiction rather than you know the <laughs> proliferation in hate crimes or maybe even speak of the hypersexualization and fetish fetishization of asians or mm-hmm. how that in and of itself is an expression of racism no okay Maybe yeah. he was addicted to sex is where it's end. It ends. They legitimately there were headlines that said uh, not racially motivated. Like they uh, they just declared it. They open and shut case as far as a lot of uh, a lot of media outlets were. Concerned. Well, I think the next level is now that people have to realize white supremacy just doesn't mean white people against black people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's I think that's the next stage we're at is clearly having to people to or not most people understand what white supremacy is but in the media sense of like 
you have to you have to begin describing this shit for what it is. This is the same thing we've been running into right. since the summer. Yeah. Um, the there was a sheriff also involved who uh, said the shooter was uh, lashing out. And he people looked at his background and from 2005 to 2008, he worked for uh, Blackwater. The oh, oh. sick. Yeah. Oh, sick. With Eric Prince. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I, it, it, it is still such a like common media narrative to treat police and sheriffs as, as credible sources that don't need to be fact checked. And right. it's like uh, that it's I mean, it's like how many examples do you need to prove that it's like that is very much not the case. But it, it seems like there's so many media outlets that have this vested interest in preserving their relationships with police forces and like taking them at their word or what will happen. And it's it's so absurd because it's you right. can literally go to someone's Facebook and find out how like extremely racist and biased and hateful they actually are and why you shouldn't take them at their word under any circumstances. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's in its nicest form. We could, we should call them unreliable narrators. Mm. They're, Oh my God. In yeah. the nicest way. I feel like that's the next step. The media. Uh, and, and looking at this seems to be that these people may be unreliable narrators. It seems like uh. maybe they have a little bit of bias going on. It's just, ugh. It's fucking, I don't know that that whole intuitive. Let's trust a cop when they're giving a press conference. It's like fucking why? Like you it's because they watch why? many Batman movies and shit. Right? Like, oh, Commissioner yeah. Gordon speaking. You know, it's like no, this this guy's also a white supremacist. Like, just and fucking yeah. Just be like, why don't you talk about that? But I get to for them. It's like, well, then we don't get the scoops on all the local robberies for our right. you know clickbait articles and news spots that we do to keep people in this loop of fear which helps us you know get more uh higher ratings rather than actually inform people about what's happening to contribute to like a more informed population but you know that's, that's not what this is about anymore they and need those white supremacy clicks the um the you can tell how important that system is the media like supporting the police or like how important that is to the police how much a part of the system the police know that is by how petulantly they respond anytime they're accused of right white supremacy or racism like because i'll just... tell you you know like if journalists want to that you can you can report on crime and stuff without the police cooperating with you yeah yeah you know? like you don't need them to be able to sure there may be documents and questions they can answer but there's a lot of information you can access freely uh, that like rather than feeling like, oh, but you got to be in with them because then they're going to release juicy details uh, before other people. And it's like, is that even the best way to do whatever? No, it's like, how is that narrative going to result in a factual report? It never yeah. is going to. I hate. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I can't place the story, but I was reading something about somebody who like was reporting on something or doing something that a police officer wasn't happy with and they threatened to, they were like, well, you know, it's going to be hard for us to like come protect you. Like we want to protect right. you, but it's, it's going to be hard uh, for us to anytime. Like that's, that's the other thing is they you mean are protect the me from who you, right. They're the people who are legally allowed to murder people with, with impunity. So yeah. right. uh, it, it also, you know, just from a physical safety standpoint, I, I think people probably that probably helps as well. 
helps them yeah. kind of maintain that position where they're like, yeah, I had a bad day. Now let's get back to uh, the sick action maneuver uh, from Fast and the Furious we used to pull him over. Yeah. And everyone's just like, okay, moving on. Yes, yes, sir. Um, oh, wow. Is that? Oh, I remember Paul Walker did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could you uh, say that a little question? louder? I don't think everybody everybody heard you. Paul uh, Walker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, P-dubs. That's who I am and this guy. You know, we're like a family here, so it's another family way. Family white supremacists. If you want to. Uh... Yikes. But yeah, this whole thing is just like, it's a, a continuing evolution. It continues the conversation on many levels because it, this thing isn't as simple as like, it, this guy killed them because this like a lot of this hate that people learn is a fucking it's a mixture of so many things from the media you're ingesting the people you're around and even the maybe your religious practices too there's this really interesting piece from this ex-evangelical scholar named chrissy strupp um on how like the defense of like but god said my sex desires are bad so i had to eliminate them Sounds like the kind of shit you hear in many churches across the nation. Um, and so I just want to read a few excerpts from this article because it's really interesting. Um, first, she starts quoting this professor, Joshua Gibbs, who's an assistant professor of psychology at Bowling Green State University, um, who has has published research on religion and attitudes towards sex, uh, saying, quote, sex addiction is simply not a credible defense for mass murder. Um, thank you. Uh, his research, yeah. however, points to the however, is that a quote. Conservative Christian men are prone to believe that they have pornography or sex addictions even when they do not uh, before. And then so they go on to say about how this guy, uh, Aaron Long, was on his way to target the porn industry in Florida was like his sort of next move, essentially. According to this professor, quote, there's a large and growing body of research that shows that conservative religious values are strongly linked to feelings of sex addiction. We find that men in particular are likely to interpret normal sexual urges as pathological and then act on them in ways uh, that they find to be problematic. Mm. Wow, and okay. it isn't totally shocking, um, but how it all even blends in with like purity culture too. We talk about those purity mm. balls and things like that, like where this is where Ooh. they begin to get you like the your mainlining toxic masculinity as a child because of all this purity thing. Quote, purity culture, again, places heavy emphasis on temptation and evil. Pornography is considered evil and something to be eliminated. Given that framing, it's not surprising that someone might view all sexual, quote, temptations as evil and needing to be eliminated. And yeah. furthers like this idea that men are out of control, Women must protect their innocence and purity, which allows for rampant victim blaming uh, because of this yeah. sort of this relationship that's set up. Absolutely. And, and also demonizing any woman who has sex and enjoys it. Like that whole culture of protecting purity is like not only are women the property of men and need to be protected in this purity ball, puritanical way, but it's also like if a woman does have sex, then she's also extremely eliminatable or I mean, it, right. it's yeah. the fact, the fact that it can be on a range of, I am attracted to uh, someone and I feel like I shouldn't be. And so I have to eliminate the temptation all the way to like, this woman is having sex that I'm not having. And so she has to be eliminated. And she right. is like, uh, I mean, she's loose. She's whatever. Like it's, it's so, it, it goes so, 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 so deep. And it, and it goes it, even with like, you know, 
we constantly talk about how, you know, white men have to protect their innocent white women from men of color that will do anything to defile mm. them. That's where this more this hypersexualization intertwined with the white supremacy shows itself, you know, and pointing all the way back to Othello and shit of like this sure. fear of making the beast with two backs. Uh, with this black ram and the pure white you or whatever the fuck. I remember that shit stuck out to me as a kid. I was like, what the fuck is like, this is fucked up. Um, so then they, they, this, this, another, um, a quote from a woman who was very heavily involved in Southern Baptist communities, uh, who was a woman of color, Asian American woman. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the white supremacy that she experienced in this context of Southern Baptist communities saying, um, well, first of all, she says she, after Trump, uh, got all the support of evangelicals that sort of was her the signal is like, oh, this is fully completely gone off the rails from what I thought it was going to be. Um, but she mm -hmm. says, quote, white supremacy holds Asians in a weird light, complimenting them on being, quote, the good minority, while also devaluing women into sex objects who exist for their pleasure. Uh, as an adult in the Southern Baptist community, I saw this fetish and devaluation from white men who thought I should have sex with them because as an Asian, I was a geisha which they take to mean sex worker. And so it's not really cheating or adultery for them. And then she talks about the difference of interacting with men of color in the Southern Baptist community who were not sexualizing her, but the white men in the community would have this tactic of bringing up their addiction to pornography and like come forth and just let this all out with the expectation that she would have sex with them. Jesus Christ. So like there's so many layers to this, but you're seeing how yeah. it all it's all working together, like on on so many different levels. And so to just take to just for any media to be like it's sex addiction, simple as he didn't say that, even if it was like, let's be real, like you have you need to actually also talk about all of these things because it's not just so cut and dry like that, which is what white supremacists would like you to think, because if it's a, such a strict binary, it either is or isn't all the time. And if they can always say it isn't, then does white supremacy exist? Well, and it's also like framing it as a sex addiction. It just makes it sound like a murderer was somehow suffering and is somehow a yes. victim in all of this. Like it, it is like intentionally distancing him from women that he murdered, like and, and no context for the murder other than, well, he was suffering and hurt people hurt people, which is like the most disingenuous right. way you could possibly frame a crime that. Like you're saying, Miles, there's so many different layers of hatred and bias involved. Right. And so just making it sound like, well, he was suffering. So, you know, shit happens. It's like, no, there's there's like five different really important conversations to be had. Right. It's not shit happens. It's if if you give a fuck, then let's talk about solutions. Let's talk Ex about how yeah. to address it. Not just Meh, shit happens. The media is not equipped for that because it, it, it threatens to upend too many systems of power that have just been in place for. Too long. Yeah. The geisha thing is so... When I went to uh, college, the book that they had us read leading into our freshman year, like the freshman year reading series, was Memoirs of a Geisha, which is written by an old white guy about, like, from the perspective of a geisha. And it's, like, incredibly, you know... we And I've just heard, like, being in a interracial marriage like i've heard so much just people either slipping and saying shit or uh say saying shit because they just think it's like it doesn't even occur to them like because oh, yeah. 
I would I would see my dad press other adults as a kid, and I and I realized because they would say shit about my mom. Yeah, and and I didn't know that till I was an adult. But I was like, what the fuck happened there? He's like, we're not fucking with that family anymore. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> and like or saying like around, oh, put your jap flaps on. They were at our house. The kids had sandals on. He's like, yeah, get your jap flaps on, kids. Jesus my dad was like, yo, I'm a, I need to meet you outside real quick. And Jesus. I was just like, I didn't know that till I was older. But yeah, this is. This like dehumanization, especially in American culture too. Like World War II gave people a lot of fucked up ideas about Asian people mm-hmm. as well. Not to say that there there was tons of atrocities happening during World War II, but that like that momentum I definitely saw a lot of because like even like with that family who was calling slippers with a slur was like, oh, I didn't know. Like I just grew up. That's what my, my family called them since the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, this is the shit that we don't, th- these are the kinds of small things that people don't, aren't aware of that allow for like, I don't know, I can say that in front of a human being who will take that personally and it's mm-hmm. nothing. And it's just so, yeah, they, there's just like this white supremacist gaze that like is everywhere. Uh, it definitely, uh, you know, involves sexuality and like the the male gaze and is dehumanizing. Mm. There was uh there was when I was working on Lolita podcast there was um I mean anime kind of comes up a lot because right. uh lolicon is a term that's directly connected to Lolita but it's a complete I mean it's a relatively separate thing that is just a, an entire culture that's built around hypersexualizing young Asian women and it's so 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 like just pervasive and everywhere and it's and and people that I would try to talk to about it to say like, do you ever think about this? They they shut down. You know they're like, no, I don't. What do you mean? It's just it's just a cartoon. It's blah blah. It's this. It's this. It's this. And it's right. like it. People get so defensive and so deflective and kind of refuse to examine like, why am I dehumanizing? Like why am I so okay dehumanizing someone in? this hypersexual way and also refusing to acknowledge that that could possibly influence the way they view real people. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. Yeah. When you talk about like Asian women, like it's a sports car. You're like, Oh, <laughs> right. fuck, dude. Oh, she's bad. I would hear that shit all the time. Like, Oh, you must kill it with Asian chicks. Huh? Like from white guys. Oh, right. you could kill dude. I, fuck, I only fuck Asian women. But I was like, yo, get the fuck. This shit is so common. And men are so free to say shit like that to each other. At the time, I was not equipped to say like, yo, shut the, what the fuck are you saying to me right now? I was younger and I was just as toxic and I was just more like uncomfortable and be like, nah, not really. Thank you. Get the fuck away. But like, it's a very common just trope that you encounter. And yeah, this is another thing for people to bring into their awareness just in general around like whether or not you want to call it, it's a hate crime. And whether it's about, Asian people specifically or women specifically or sex workers specific, whatever it is. And I keep saying this, there is it's fueled by hatred. Uh, so mm-hmm. to try and like put it in one bucket, white supremacy or not, I think is so disingenuous and it's such a disservice to these victims because it completely doesn't allow for us to have a full, you know, reckoning with it mm-hmm. yeah. if we ever will. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
And we're back. And there was a man arrested outside the VP residence uh, with guns and ammo. Uh, not the magazine, actual. No. Well, or actual magazine. Is that of course? Yeah. It's a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the uh, VP, you know, Harris and uh, first. Wait, what's the what's Doug called? Doug, the husband. First, first, first gentleman. First, first gentleman. First gentleman, or no? Mm-hmm. But their second gentleman, right? Second. What do you call do the? They, oh, but they right. do they call second that? Gentleman? Do they call? Like Barbara Bush, second lady in the in the eighties. Well, no, you're the first lady if you're the spouse of the president. Second gentle, he's the second gentleman of the United States. Second, wow, that's wild. I never even the first being George Washington. Um, (laughs) but like, yeah, they don't live at the Naval Observatory, which is like the traditional vice presidential residence because it's they're they're doing renovations or whatever repairs or something. Mm. Uh, so they were not there, but they clocked this guy out there being suspicious. There was like a police bulletin about this guy who had traveled from Texas all the way to D.C. They arrested him and then they found AR-15, high capacity magazines, a lot of ammunition. I wonder why. Probably not white supremacy or misogyny. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just one. I mean, like that's really the story, but like you know, it's it's yeah. just like everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's fucking, it's it's nonstop. And there's even even unrelated to this, you would look into the Derek Chauvin trial. They're trying to put like introduce George Floyd's arrest record as a way to like justify his. It's so fucked up. But again, this is why it's a full court press um, against a yeah. system like this constantly. Mm-hmm. There's been a uptick in COVID cases. Uh, speaking of Minnesota, Minnesota has seen the biggest uptick. It's a lot of uh, states across the north, uh, also Louisiana, um, and they're tying it to kind of people relaxing and guidelines relaxing. Texas hasn't seen the uptick quite yet, but, you know. Right. God, that's so terrifying. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah. I don't I don't even know. I mean, I, f- I feel like every single day we're kind of having to like readjust like, oh, how how do I feel about prospects right. for the future today? And like, you know, I don't know the the way that some people are going about risk assessment in the past couple of weeks makes me very nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the most in... dangerous time, you know, because yeah. people like are people know people that are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's like, oh, well, they're good. They're safe. Oh, like the 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 ripple effect of safety is like around me. It's like, no, 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 please not yet. It's now is not also, the fucking time. I've also been hearing like uh, certain, like, you know, like you've been seeing a lot of like one year of COVID posts as if like a fucking plague observes our calendar. Like of like, <laughs> Oh, it's been a right. year. So I guess, you know, what a, what a wild year. And it's yeah. like, that's not, no, no, no. We had a one year bug as a, yeah. yeah, yeah, like it. I found those to be really, really bizarre, and also the like, oh well, I I got vaccinated, so I don't need to wear a mask anymore. It's like, uh, read yeah. like yeah. a paragraph, read a sentence, read one sentence past. So you've been vaccinated, right? <laughs> right. Yep, I have. Yep, I haven't. <laughs> Hold on, motherfucker. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, waves. Like third waves, I guess, hit pretty hard in Europe. Paris had a lockdown over the weekend. Uh, And they also think that's due to early loosening, people just generally feeling like the pandemic is over and acting that way. Let's move on to Autism Speaks. Uh, 
like we like we mentioned, their their ads have been appearing on our show, uh, and they are somewhere between a group that we don't agree with and a heat group. They're uh, yeah. They've most recently been in the news for being the primary research partner for Sia's music, which is a movie uh, about a character, uh, an autistic character that is anybody uh, who watches it says it's offensive. Autistic people say it's traumatic just in terms of the strobing lights, uh, the caricatures of autistic characters performed by actors who aren't autistic. Uh, it also includes the use of frontal restraint to calm a character, which is a banned practice that has led to 20 deaths. But just in doing a little bit of research on Autism Speaks, it seems like it's a group run by non-autistic people trying to address autism like it's a problem in a like way... It's, like it's a, yeah. f- like a fatal illness. Right, in a way that's yeah. extremely dehumanizing. I mean, and and it's it's basically like the objective is to like quote unquote cure. Um, yes, right. In the same way that you would think of like my my perspective is like it in the same way you would think of like a like a gay conversion camp. That is yes. kind of what Autism Speaks is trying to do for um for people who are autistic, and it's just incredibly disingenuous and dangerous. They compare yeah. 3 million U.S. autistic children to 3 million missing children. They're like, if the, if the children were missing, we would the military would get involved. Which... Yeah. I mean, my godson is autistic and he is I understand like the evolution of you're having a child. And then if, if you're not prepared for you're you're not really familiar with any kind of neurodiversity, you hear this and you're like, that's different. Therefore, I'm my first instinct is to be like, <gasps> But he's right. the most sensitive, intelligent child that like there's no way you could you could look at, at your child and be like, I feel different. I think this child is lost. I have mm-hmm. it, like I have lost something. And the the reason like it's so insidious, this whole campaign is because like we're trying to enter an era where there's an acceptance about like the concept of neurodiversity. Like it's mm-hmm. not a, it's, it's not a ill like a death sentence or affliction that autism or other neurocognitive disabilities are just more like they're differences. Right. They're just differences. They're, they represent the diversity um, rather than like, you know, when like parent, what the parents go through, it's such a really, a really awful, awful take on it. And on top of it, they lobby uh, like actively to prevent yeah. autistic adults from having any hand in legislation that would affect their day-to-day lives like they're completely on the wrong side of fucking everything yeah it's completely disempowering it's like predatory towards parents that are trying to figure out how to like if you find out your child is autistic this is like one of the first groups that will come up in this really predatory way and like the way that they frame it they're I remember um, that because there was a, a huge controversy of um, Sesame Street being allied with Autism Speaks right. a couple of years ago, and they ended up cutting it off. But but what they were doing was pushing this thing called the 100-day kit um, for parents who have learned that their children are autistic that literally encourages you to frame it as if you have a child who has died right. um, and like going through the stages of grief instead of 
you know, actively accepting your child and learning, you know, just like learning about neurodiversity instead of rejecting it and and grieving. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It seems like it has more to do with parents who had an idea of what their relationship with their child was going to be right like mourning yeah. that preconceived idea and as you know there was a op-ed in uh, i think the washington post from a mother of an autistic child who engages in more humane treatments and philosophies around parenting an autistic child and she is like autism speaks made this list of like here's what life is like for a parent of an autistic child on bad days they're depleted mentally physically uh, maybe they've been up all night caring for their teenage child up yet again changing the sheets because they've had another bedwetting thing like and she's like as a family we have experienced almost everything on this list some with our autistic son some with our other sons autism speaks claims that this is autism but to us that's just parenting that's uh yeah so it's like, well, yeah, because it started by like the grandparents of an autistic child. And like it feels like some closed minded grandparents started this advocacy group because yes. they thought their their family was going to look and be a certain way. And when it wasn't, it was so traumatic that they're like they died. Yeah. Like and th how fucked up is that to be the grandchild to know that that's the perspective of your grandparents on who you are as a person? Like yeah. that you're lost, that you are somehow not who you are. Like it's, it's like they can't even look at it from that perspective and be like, yeah, maybe this whole angle's fucked up. But there it is. Yeah, I mean, it's so binary. If like there is only one acceptable way to be, right? And it it is the sort of group that no matter how much evidence that this is a clearly very harmful group, they're never going to shut down because they get so much money and they're the first Google result and. They've gotten results that have actually pushed treating neurodivergency with respect and with humanity like backwards. It's right. just so fucked. Yeah. It's like it's like having like a like a anti-racism group that's like, oh, my God, these people are black, y'all. Yeah, they're black. They are black. Can you believe it? Can you believe they are black? The hand they were dealt. We have to help them. Maybe there will be a cure for blackness. Forget who they are as people. Right. From our perspective and the hegemonic place I hold in this society, I see, oh, my, I couldn't. Oh. They tried to have a autistic board member, uh, the author, John Elder Robinson, uh, but he resigned due to their othering of people with autism. And so they yeah. are once again just like grandparents and parents of. And it's uh, like, well, you know, people. if if, you know, people who are autistic refuse to be allied with this group in any way, like that's all you need to fucking know. <laughs> like, right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk real quick uh, about the right wing media freak out of the day. Uh, there is a storyline in uh, one of the new issues of Captain America in which Steve Rogers and his friends have to track down Captain America's shield and they 
discover everyday people from all walks of life who've taken up the mantle of Captain America to defend their communities. Uh, One of them is Aaron Fisher, who is openly gay and the first LGBTQ character to pick up Cap's shield in the comic's 80-year history. And that is what is causing a meltdown. I remember I saw a tweet from an activist who was like, wow, LGBT and Q? Very busy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, it's... What, so what? They're just what? What is it? Well, What's so next? they have taken that. The, <laughs> okay, yeah. Because that well, storyline has uh, a they it's they've had to take that out of context to get themselves mad and said that Captain America is gay now. What's next? Um. So that's that's what they're mad about. Oh God, yeah. I mean, because p- these conservatives have completely lost whatever they thought ide- like the idea of America was or what made it great. Because like on right. one level, they're always like America. Uh, protects the weak like we shield the weak from aggressors and it's like oh great so this person sounds like an activist who's standing (laughs) up for people and protecting much in the spirit Ah, of this america no does he have nose rings what uh yeah he's got nose. oh that is pertinent pertinent detail (laughs) so did ivanka oh no i don't know (laughs) i was like you got my ass what if you know don he'd be like what if you get that shit off your face (laughs) <laughs> Actually, no, he wouldn't. He would be like, I like it, too. You're like, wow. Hey, I just got one, woman. too, Ivanka. Look, look. look here's <laughs> We're cool, right? <laughs> oh, it's too high. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, this harkens back to the 1950s Comics Code Authority who, like, had to put their stamp of approval on the cover of comics to get comic book uh, stores to sell them because there was, like, a creepy psychiatrist who like made a big stink about the immorality of comic books uh you know in a very much what's next you're gonna the world's ills can be traced back to a creepy psychologist right it's so many what a world but the thing is it's funny is like that was we're being fucked over because there was an era in which some asshole was just confident enough to spew some nonsense (laughs) as being the absolute truth and we didn't yeah. have enough information at our disposal. We're like, I mean, he's loud about it. Right. So, mm-hmm. whereas now you can't even say a vaccine is safe and suddenly everybody, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like <laughs> completely different eras. And now we're taking this like really weird blind trust of the loudest asshole into the room, into like our modern world. And we're like, wait, what the fuck was what? What? Yeah. Yeah. And also Captain America has traditionally been like boundary pushing uh, the comic had the first openly gay character in mainstream comic books in the eighties, um, which the fact that it was in the eighties is shocking and probably a testament to that code, but uh, it's just a, not their best work in terms of moral panics, I guess this, uh, just this like if you one. have time to be mad about this right now, like get, read a book, like get a fucking grip on, on your life. If you have time to be mad about Captain America right now. Yeah. Right. I'm just thinking of like this Newsmax asshole who you can <sighs> tell his brain has been completely taken over by toxic masculinity. Like yeah. his brain isn't even, if you opened up his brain, it's just like a football connected to a barbell or some shit. <laughs> and it's, he's like, he's saying the country's going bananas. He is a gay Captain America complete with a nose ring tats. When he takes off his skull cap, there's, he's got like a Mohawk thing. He's not very muscular. 
What has this world come to? He's not. I he critiqued just... his physique. It's a fucking drawing, sir. It's sir. It is a cartoon. He's not and he... muscular. But that, that shows you. You know what I mean? Like if amazing. when you look at that and you're you're you got a, it's a five alarm fire in your mind. I Ooh. don't even know what to tell. Like yeah. I always when I think of Newsmax, I truly do just think of a fourteen year old named Max sitting in his room, like on <laughs> I Twitch. I wish it's me. So fucking mad. <laughs> that would have been like the best like uh, response from the John Krasinski thing, like a Newsmax type <laughs> thing. It's like, hi, this is Newsmax. I'm Max. <laughs> I'm Max, and I have a few terrible ideas. Yeah, yep. that, oh, God. that I will I, apply to literally everything. I almost successfully wiped the John Krasinski YouTube show from my mind, and now it's like the I game. Still think about you, it. Yeah. I lo- you lose the game every time you remember John Krasinski's shitty million dollar YouTube show. Did you wipe it from your mind so you could uh, be excited and surprised when the <laughs> television version comes out in a couple of I months? Did, I like I did an Eternal Sunshine style procedure to forget <laughs> about the John Krasinski. So YouTube I could show. fall in love all over again. But yeah, I kind of went to a dodgy Groupon place to get it. So. <laughs> uh, Jamie, as always, such a pleasure having you. Uh, where can people find you and follow you and hear you? Uh, well, you can find me in all the usual places. You can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram, Jamie Christ Superstar. We just released a Bechtelcast episode about both Stepford Wives this week that I'm very excited about. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, cool. yeah. And check out uh, Lolita Podcast and oh, My yeah. Ear and Mensa. Yeah. Classic, classic podcast. Back-to-back bangers. Classic. Bangers. <laughs> They're going to be playing those on classic podcast radio. Uh, They're going to be playing them the at the club. <laughs> Dude, Miley, I heard Miley Cyrus is putting out bangers, but when you play it, it's just My Ear and Mensa and Lolita Podcast. <laughs> yeah, people are starting to sample uh, sample my podcast and music. It's really yeah. flattering. It's an honor. The Run the Jewels remix is sick as fuck, though. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I was thrilled with how it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. He did that. Um, <laughs> is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, yeah, I, I have a, a few tweets. I want to encourage people to a, a great resource I've been learning from and donating to in the past day has been um, Red Canary Song, which is a grassroots collective of Asian and migrant sex workers um, who are based in New York, but they organize transnationally. Um, and there's a lot of great resources on their website. And also it's a great place to give some money to if you have some extra money. Um, and the tweet I will shout out is just good old fashioned fun. Cause I still don't understand what an NFT is. Um, and it's from Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, she said, pee after sex or you will get an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day, Fiance, where we're talking 90 Day. Um, and some tweets that I like. WS Moron at WS underscore Moron. Dudes will read Malcolm Gladwell, but won't make their gal come mad well. Like, bro, <laughs> you're worried about the wrong tipping point. End my life. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, this one is from uh, Summer. At Heberald. Uh, and it says, I'm so stressed out from running my pet lizard's Instagram account. And it's this video 
It just looks like this grainy VHS video of this person lamenting so stressed out about a an inf- lizard influencer account. I'm just going to play a snippet of it, but you'll have to watch the whole video because it it's a great monologue. I'm so fucking stressed out from running my pet lizard's Instagram account. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. I told my therapist, she said, we'll take a break from your pet lizard's Instagram account. I said, I can't. It's my sole source of income. <laughs> it goes on for a minute and oh. ten seconds. Wait, is this a character? So or this? Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely. Oh, okay. I was like, rules. God, this is so fucking. I think it bleak is. If, it, it definitely has true. the vibe of like a good comedy video. Uh, yeah, like, the dramatic like. Um, and then last one from Malls at Molly D's. Since you know we've got the great Yammy Lofty, the great Dunkin' Donuts uh, advocate oh. here. Uh, Malls has a screenshot. She just says, this is fine. I love online dating. And you know, like on uh, the dating apps, there's like one question that says, I get along best with people who, and this mm-hmm. person is just a screen cap where this person wrote, I love Dunkin' Donuts, especially <laughs> they sausage on a crescent. <laughs> C-R-E-S-A-N-T. <laughs> Marry me. Uh, oh my god that, reminds, it, that has the same energy as the Gregnant video yeah uh, oh, hell yeah Breganana Dunkin Donuts <laughs> on Crescent <laughs> oh, so good holy shit <laughs> um couple tweets I've been enjoying Carter Hambly tweeted Larry King just respawned in my garage and uh, Yadoye tweeted, no more pandemic puns, please. I can't listen to one more person call it Panorama or Panini or Pangolin. It's boring, please. Uh, I like any <laughs> take. P- plea that ends with it's boring, please. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, DailyZeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. footnotes. Good night. Wow, that was pretty. Let's capture that and just <laughs> make that the new footnotes. Uh, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we recommend you go check out now. Miles, what song are we recommending today? I mean, I think just because we've got Scat on the mind, uh, I think we should just talk, probably go out on one of the greatest Scat soloists uh, in jazz history. Uh, oh, yeah. No, not Sarah Vaughn. <laughs> no, not uh, Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Kim we're going to try. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a snippet. Because All if right. you don't know it, this will just, I'm gonna just give you a little bit so you go find the video. Well, he bit all the he dogs and winked at all the she dogs. The town never knew such a hullabaloo as that little dog raised till the end of that day. Yeah, consider uh, this you an have to see it. appetizer, but you really yeah. need to see the whole thing, the whole interview, um, if possible. Um, yeah. and just okay. the oh, look on her husband's face when he's like playing the bass. I forgot. I did want to plug uh, an indie movie that came out this week called The Snyder Cut. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> forgot to forgot to mention. Uh, plug it for for my guy. Yeah, go check that out. Yeah. Uh, so this is less of an amuse bouche and more of an amuse oreille. Yeah. Uh, I think his ear, right, oreille or sure. something. Whatever. Probably. Look, I'm trying, uh, y'all. I'm trying to keep multilingual <laughs> out here. 
Uh, all right, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.